With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Happy Tuesday. We've got a busy week ahead of us, but I just got back from a family trip to Moab. So cool. He went back. He took the whole family yeah, this you, time. You know, we did that that episode for, what was it, season four, I think? Maybe end, end of end season of three. Season th- end of season three. three. That is, it, really? it is the end of season three. Has it been that, that is long? us in Moab. Wow. Yeah, we're, we we're took the, uh, the Rubicon down there. We took the there. Rubicon. The, my son is in the back, which is a, which is a laugh because he laughs too <laughs> yeah. much. So we went down and we did the whole family thing. So the three cool. of I'm us. Glad we you rented took the Jeep. We, I had her drive. It was a riot. How was the Jeep that you rolled? It we was took? A, it was a JK. Right, it's prior generation. Right. Bit of a lift, Rubicon, and it was awesome. It was actually a little. It was a little bit more capable than what you and I had. Was it now? Because they, I rented. They, you know, I, rented mid, I rented mid grade. Okay. Now, you, right. now, the bottom ones you can rent are essentially the JK prior generation, exact Rubicon for, that comes from the factory. Right off the showroom floor, yeah. And then the, yeah. the one I did, uh, the Extreme, I'm sure it had an extra big X in the descriptor. Of course anyway, it did. Yeah, it may have even started with an X. Po- moving on. The, <laughs> Something contrived. The, they'd give it and all that on it. Sure. So it, it had actually right. been revised. Okay. Beyond. Yeah. So I was yeah. quite impressed. It was very, very fun. Nice. Uh, it, um, I have to come back to the results in a minute, but uh, but yeah, the so that happens. Th- that happened. Okay, right, so we are recording this Happy Tuesday because we're about to leave to go to Atlanta. Yeah, we we're are shooting out. some things. We have a huge meetup, <laughs> but I wanted you guys to know that Friday there will still be a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're going to do. We were talking about this a couple podcasts ago. We're going to do an all car questions podcast. We haven't done this in a while. We're going to do an all car questions podcast because I expect we're not going to get to all of them now. Well, absolutely, when, and we'll we ask for more later. For two or three past episodes, we haven't gotten all, all of them. So thank you, you and guys I grabbed. Yeah, for sure for all your amazing questions. Yeah, we just wanted to catch up on questions and really focus on that. So thank you for your patience while we do and. We'll uh, we'll answer a few more on this one, and then yeah, we'll we'll finish off everything. Hopefully, get through as much as we can on that. Well, all questions. Just, there's so many really good ones. We're never going to cover all of them, but there's so many really good ones that you and I call for every podcast. We'd be like, pull them aside, yeah, and we still aren't covering half of those, yeah, exactly, which is crazy. I'm very excited to go through. And all some of them model. take a little bit of thinking too. Yeah. So we'll we'll uh, we'll do that. And also, I do want you to know that we will be in Las Vegas at the 2019 SEMA show. Yeah, on my last announcement, cool. I said it was the fifth through the seventh. The show is actually the fifth through the eighth of November. But we will be there the Mm -hmm. 5th through the 7th, and we will be at the Covercraft booth on the 7th from 10 a.m. to noon. It's going to be very cool. And so if you're there at the SEMA show, we'd love to see you. We're going to be also just floating around uh, from Tuesday through Thursday, probably through the end of Thursday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, love to see you, but we will definitely be at the Covercraft booth uh, if you're there. And uh, yeah, come on to SEMA. Hopefully you can piggyback on to somebody's company so you can come see all the madness, but it's going to be crazy. It's exhausting. It is. so exhausting. It's enormous. You and I are just going to spend first day I just think walking around and then we're just going to sit somewhere starry eyed like oh man we got to go back I mean again. you want to see it all simultaneously but you also want to leave just because there's just so much like <laughs> I don't both of the above can I just go eat yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> I want to sit just can I sit, sit somewhere yeah. that's very funny I want to so sit will somewhere quiet dark can I do that <laughs> exactly <laughs> my head hurts but anyway on this on this Tuesday we have a topic Tuesday that is the alphabet of sports cars that's been lingering for a while we're going to run through that there is a car debate for Marco that's coming up after the break and as we said a whole lot of questions Amazing. Many of which we won't even get to. This is all on this podcast. So but good. I have to tell you the simultaneously good news and bad news about my trip. Okay. I thought it was all good. It was all good. It okay. was all good, except for one twist. Okay. So we drive this this Wrangler. Yeah. And it's by the way, they only rent autos because, you know, people are stupid. And also because <laughs> the automatics make it simple. Okay. Automatic because people are stupid. Well, you know, I mean, we, wow. we had a. I mean, wow. No, but think about it. If you're renting <laughs> it's stuff. True, look, but- <laughs> RSR in Germany, where we go and rent stuff, our great friends at RSR in Germany yes. have gone to an almost all automatic fleet they for have. the same reason because you're they renting have. a car for people to drive in an extreme way. And so taking out – honestly, so taking out the variable of I have to shift this as well protects their investment. I totally get it. It, it does. I mean you don't want to learn manual and drive up that rock face. Yes. Now, now what gear and how do I let the clutch out? Yeah. None of, like, none of that is You don't want good that news. happening. So this is an automatic. It's and, true. It's just a shot. My wife used to have – in fact, when she and I first got married, she had a Wrangler. She had the right, TJ, right, which, is, right. which is two generations back. She had a 97 TJ. Okay? It was a black Wrangler Sport was a stick shift and she loved it 
And we got rid of it to buy our GMC Yukon, which we had for a long time, and she really loved that. We put 200,000 miles on our GMC Yukon. That was still one of her favorite cars ever, okay? But she hasn't really driven a Jeep much since that one. No kidding. When we got married two decades ago, which is a shocking sentence as well. Man, I feel old when I say that. Moving on. (laughs) I'm not that old. We were married as fetuses. Anyway, no, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) We got married at 10. No, anyway. um, But uh, so she drove this Wrangler, and she loved it. Oh, really? She really, really, like, where well, she, is this car in my life kind of loved it. I mean, she drove briefly. Or I guess she just rode in the JL that we had. She drove it very briefly. When we had it as a press but car. We had, it, we had it such a short period of time that she really didn't have much experience with okay. it. So she drove oh, no. uh, yeah, a J, now I see where yeah, going. A JK oh, no. Rubicon. And what was interesting is I didn't notice until about until late in the day that anytime we were driving not she and I traded off the, the hardcore driving okay driving up over the fins and things and all that very cool okay. really fun all right, my good. wife has an extreme fear of heights so when you're up on a, on a rock fin driving the jeep down the top of the rock okay. fin there was a lot of hanging on she actually did a little bit better when she was driving but it still really wigged her out we did a little more hardcore stuff we did in, in the Moab piece it was very interesting. fun interesting but I noticed that anytime we were driving into town she would jump to drive okay Okay. She drove on the rocks as well, but she would jump to drive. Near the end of the day, she's having a conversation with my son about why she likes the Wrangler. And she says this sentence, and this was the sentence when I knew I was doomed. Oh, no. She said, well, son, it's the Jeep Wrangler to me is like the equivalent to Dad's Lotus for Dad. Oh, no. And I went, I am I'm so screwed. You, I'm buddy, so are screwed. screwed. So we're shopping for Wranglers. Seriously. Yeah, we are. Oh my gosh! There, I, I don't know how fast we'll pull the trigger, but the, no we're having way. a genuine discussion about it. Because so does that mean she would get rid of the Cayenne no. and get something else, or she'd want? No, the thinking uh, is see. you right. see where so this is going. Doubly, the, thing, right. the thing, the thing that would happen is off the cliff. You I had, go, my I had, friend. Well, here's the, here's the thing. It's funny. Before we took this trip, I mentioned to her. I said, if <laughs> why did we just take this trip? Hang on. <clears throat> if the Phaeton thing comes through. By, by the way, side note: GoFundMe is still happening for the crazy. Yes, sedan. very true. You very guys true. are responding in droves now because it's a Phaeton for. So Phaeton fails for me, and uh, Quattroporte on the shoulder for Paul. Uh-huh. It's pickle fork, pickle fork stories for Paul. Uh, the four door, you just start whispering Italian, and everybody just melts. Yeah, anyway, like, it's so, so beautiful. It's a Maserati Quattroporte for uh, for Paul, and uh, and what we've said is we need at least eight grand to make this happen. We really would like ten or above to make us breathe a little easier. You guys are responding though, and it's responded to the point you and I have traded personalities on this. Quattroporte, would we? I know you and we I have. traded personalities I know. because early on in this discussion, I was like, we have to do this. It's going to be the greatest. Think ever Paul's like I don't know, and now that we're close to the money, and you guys are continuing to push it up, which is great. Thank you, thank you. Now yeah, that we're absolutely. close to the money, Paul's like this is gonna be the greatest thing ever, and I'm going oh no, Bring oh no, it's really happening. So anyway, so it's very cool. But I had mentioned to my wife before we left, mm-hmm. if the Phaeton thing happens, I think it probably makes sense for me to sell the, the Lancer because. Yeah, I don't have places to put all these cars. Okay, <laughs> it sounds insane. I'm still only talking three cars, but I don't want I know. a fourth I car know. parked all winter outside. That's just not right. And she was like, I don't know. Well, then fast forward to we're in Moab, and oh I mentioned gosh. to her, oh well, gosh. I mean, think about the fact that we could swap the Lancer for a Jeep, because I mean, ultimately, what I need is a winter vehicle. Yeah, that hauls bikes and this kind of stuff. But she was driving a modified Jeep, and she is going to want modifications done to her. She, Rubicon you're, you're is probably the level. But anyway, but here's money at that thing. Unfortunately, like, so so yikes. I mentioned that to her, and she was like, "You'd get rid of the Lancer." I was like, "Were you not here for forty eight hours ago? We talked about getting rid of the Lancer." So I, I yeah, <laughs> oh my but God. but then but here's the twist I threw at her: if we're going to talk about right tool for the job, yeah, yeah, which is Lotus on one end, Jeep on the other. I said to her, and she and and suddenly she was like, "I don't like this idea as much anymore." But I said to her, "I said, here's the <laughs> I don't thing. Want to play anymore. I'm I said, when when we get when we replace the Cayenne, uh-huh. we get a really good family sports sedan. Okay, then we've got right tool for the job because yeah. ultimately, what do we need the Cayenne to do? We need it to be a carries the whole family road trip car, car occasionally carry parents. It's something we both it's like to drive. Run to the airport. It's and carry ha- people and have and- some space in the trunk. Mm-hmm. So why aren't we in a Panamera, Panamera or an yeah. SS yeah. or a Quadrifoglio? Hmm. And suddenly she was like, but but I don't get an SUV. for." I was like, this is now – if we're going to do right tool for the wow. job. Wow. Well, if you've got the Wrangler, if she's got the right Wrangler, she can bomb around in that through three months of and, the year. And this, but here's the thing. The sedan would be, would be an all-winter car. Nine months I mean, all, All-weather car. The sedan would be an all-weather car. Even if it's rear-wheel drive, I'd put winter yeah. tires on it. It'd be an all-weather car. Sure. The Lotus, wouldn't be, and the Wrangler would also be an all-weather car. 
You know, she could put a blade on the Wrangler and, and go make some money plowing <sighs> probably driveway. I mean, she, I could plow my own driveway with a Wrangler. Well, anyway, yeah. So this is the so this entire weekend, while very fun, has now put me into this. <laughs> Mom has her own lotus uh, that she needs. I was like, oh, that's uh-huh. the worst thing ever. And, and you guys have heard me walk Ooh. into this room of rakes with my wife before. Be like, what's going here? Ow. So I, I've heard it happen. Bam. So Ow. now we're talking about right tool for the job. So I may end up with a Wrangler. Uh, by the hmm. way, this is not work for the W of the alphabet of sports cars because it's not a sports car. But we should try to get into this ridiculous list. Well, this list comes from Terrence C. and many others who have written to us asking for the alphabet of sports cars. And he said, you know... What is it? And so I have put some self-imposed rules because I'm not trying to out-clever myself. I'm doing my best to not be clever. Okay. Because what you could do is for the letter N, we could say, well, 9-11, and you just spell it out. Yeah, yeah. And then for all the German cars practically and, well, all the Ferraris, you could say, well, for the letter F. I'm going to go with Ferrari F40. Well, that's not fair either because that's not really a name of a car. Okay. And so I'm also not going for the manufacturer, the company name either. So it's not about Buick or Chevy or B is for BMW. I get it. Exactly. We're not going for that either. So what the the categories that it has to be is sports car or fun-ish, sporty-ish, somewhere in the range of fun. And it has to be the name of the car as well. Okay. And I'm going to try to do my best to keep some sort of relatability, affordability. But I do want this list to be kind of comprehensive because I worked hard on my list here. Oh, man. I'm how, list how guy. How long are we doing this? I, you are a list guy much more than I am. I've got some of these done and some of these I just skipped. We'll, we'll go fast. We'll go fast. I tried to do a affordable and a ridiculous option for okay. each letter. If All right. I could. Fair I tried enough. to fair do enough. a crazy and a, oh, that's obvious. I just of. didn't want, you know, well, the letter M, of course, we're going to say M3. Well, that's yeah. not really, what's okay. the name of the car? All right. I, I cheated that a couple places, if but in general, it, I'm with Because it. yeah. it's easy okay. to be for, you know, the accurate yeah. NSX. Well, that's for the letter N. Uh, that, well, I have, that, that's my letter N right okay. there. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to avoid that. And <laughs> okay. what this does, interestingly, mm-hmm. is take most Porsches off my list. It is interesting, isn't it? All, almost all the Germans, mm-hmm. much of Ferrari. So it, it caused me to dig a lot for the name of the car because you and I both like names of cars. Yes, the, we do. The, yes. the car actually to have the, the name. It, it actually, I think, denotes more personality towards the car, even though we can argue all day long about you know personality and the alphanumeric badging. But you know, pretty much all of Mercedes for all of time is kind of tough. Mm-hmm. So there, there is one Mercedes on my list, but we'll get to it. So we've got to, we've got to go through the entire alphabet. Wow. And I've got something wow. for almost every letter. I didn't do that well. But while we're here, this reminds me, not sports cars, but another thing I discovered that my wife told me this weekend. Apparently, we need to go away on vacation more because, like, revelations <laughs> happen. One of her <laughs> good come friends. Home, you know, poor. Seriously, to buy cars. always. One of her good friends who's married, kids, attractive, well put together, very cool little mom. Yeah. <clears throat> drives a maroon. Nissan Murano convertible. Are you kidding me? Like, actually drives that car. Owns it, drives it, loves Is it. Is she biting her tongue? Like, she can't say a word? Because she knows how we feel about them, right? My, my wife's being nice. And one of my yeah. wife's other girlfriends is like, that's so cute. And my wife is going, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Yikes. That, you never know. You well, never again, know who's because, buying cars. You know, it's got to be sport cars. Because, yes. you know, we could name all kinds of SUVs and all that stuff. No, so, we're I not really try so to focus a, on the fun-ish, sporty-ish yes. Fun cars, okay? So Alpine A110 okay. is your affordable option. Okay, all right. And the Agira. Pick your Agira, R, RX, whatever the R's they did, but the Agira, Koenigsegg Agira. I had a Bart 500. That works. For my relatability. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the Aventador and the Apollo, the Gumpert Apollo. Yes, I th- did think of Gumpert Apollo as well. You're right. That's, that's, that's good. That's crazy. That's very good. All right, so what did you have for B? Uh, B, BAC Mono. Okay. All right. It's All not. Right. It's a little bit of a cheat, but BAC Mono. And then actually two affordable options here, Boxster and BRZ. Boxster is good. And BRZ, yeah, that's really good. I had 1971 Plymouth Hemi Barracuda. Yeah. You're hearing is the Is everybody song else hearing head. the guitar riff? Totally. Yeah. That's it. Barracuda. <laughs> Although Boxster, I forgot Boxster. How could I forget Boxster? Of All course, good. I had, uh, you know. Cayman. Speaking of Boxster, I had Cayman for the Lexi. That was yes. top of my list. And Civic Type R. And Corvette. And Camaro. Don't forget Countach, Chiron, Cobra, uh, Challenger, Charger, yes. California, and Commodore. Yes, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a few of these letters. S is another one where it's just like, I have to stop the list. I have oh, to just stop somewhere. Ones. Yeah, There's some good ones. So what else did you have on, on C? No, we've covered C pretty well. Okay, all right. D good. for Diablo. Don't forget the Demon. Yeah, that's not bad. Or the Dino. 
or the Daytona or the Disco Volante. Whoa, that you did well. Alpha you Romeo. are such a list guy. <laughs> You're um, such a list I don't know guy. Why. E is the entire Lotus lineup. I was say. It's just the Lotus lineup. Welcome I, I, to all I the Lotuses. Just, you know, Elise, Evora, Esprit, Elan, Ivaya. P- pick your Lotus. Exige, Esprit, um, Evora. Yes. Or Europa, too. Europa, yes. yes Don't forget the Enzo yes. and the Espada mm-hmm. and the Evo and the Eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> The the, the what the audience hard, what the audience can't see I is how hard. much glee is in your face right now as you work your way through this list because you are just so excited about every letter. Telling it's very you. funny. I did break the rule on F. I did say F forty, okay. but also F type and Fair Lady Z. Fair Lady Z is good. What about a Fiero? Not bad. I don't know how good a sports car that I'm is. I was saying, trying to say sporty and funnish. It's, it's yeah. good or bad. Okay, Whether I was trying to say things that I kind of matter. recommend you might want to drive, but I take your point. Because I also have Firebird and Plymouth Fury on my list. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. I, yeah, you're you're playing you're playing pretty broad with that. Let's fun I drive. Am, brush. I am, okay. but again, they're names of cars. Yes, I'm sticking to them. Now here's my problem with G. Is GTR a name or not? I think it's still just a jumble of just a jumble of letters. Of okay, alpha, all right. Alphanumeric, whatever. But Gallardo, Gallardo, yes. GTO is a name. The goat. GTO is a I, name. Okay, I'll give you that one. And then the TVR Griffith. Griffith. I the forgot Griffith. Griffith. Good one. Yeah. I had Golf R, but there's also the Julia, the Julietta, and I'm going with Gullwing. Whether it's Mercedes or DeLorean, mm. I'm going with Gullwing. That is the only Mercedes I could come up with because the rest were alphanumeric yeah. whatever. String of numbers and letters, yeah. Yep. H is not very relatable because I have uh, Wyra and, Hur- and Huracan. That's the two I had. That's all I could think <laughs> it's of. It's just not relatable, but there they are. You could put Hot Hatch, but it's just it covers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's got two H's. Look, it's really solved it. Exactly. This is ridiculous. Anyway, moving on. I stands for the 1991 Lancia Delta Integrale. All right. Not bad. Or the 1974 Intermechanica Indra Coupe. Oh, stop. I... It's all about I. <laughs> How long was your research? Oh, it was it was lengthy because Clearly, I came to yes. J and went with Yesco. Yeah. The new Koenigsegg Yesco, the Lamborghini Yalpa, or yes. the Yarama. I had the Yalpa as well, yes. Nice, yeah. nice. So what did you have for K? Uh, crickets. How about the 1961 Jaguar Cougar with a K? K-O-U-J-G-A-R. The Cougar. It exists. All right, there it is. All right, L, go. Well, I mean, I know this breaks your rule, but LFA. LFA is good. And LaFerrari. LaFerrari is the yeah. only thing that. But really LFA, kinda, I think, you know. It's, I'll give it to you. It's, it's kind of like of letters. It is. It's kind of like so, that's the name of the car. Yeah, yeah, it's so iconic. All right. So M, there's a ton. There are a lot. Miata. Yes. Mustang, but I qualified that with the GT350R. Okay. Is, but Mustang, you, you, uh, it could yeah. be just a whole string Mustang, of Mustangs of right here. Yeah. But then there's also the Murcialago, the Mira, the Mondial, the Mono, the Megan, and the Mangusta. <laughs> yes. All of those I, I had heard of, yes. The, the Mira is the obvious one here, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like sure. The Mira, the Mustang, and the Miata get a great, get a great range. I did put M2 in here. Okay, fair like enough, fair enough. That's a, that's a moment in time as well. But I, I'm stretching it. I'm stretching it to do that, I have to admit. N was really tough for me. NSX is the only thing I had. The that's Chevy Nova doesn't count. No. The um, the noble, even though it's the car company, uh, that's about, close. It's kind of it's kind of like BAC mono. It, it kind of blurs the line. It's it like, is. does that work or not? Yeah, I had nothing for O, nothing. Uh, the one seven seven from Aston Martin. Oh, look at you! Spelled out the one seven seven and the Koenigsegg one colon one. one. First okay. is the spelled out. Second good. is numbered. Those are the only ones I had. Those are, that's really good, actually. All right, for P, I had the Pantera, of course. I had the Pantera as well, leading the charge there. But there's also the Ferrari Portofino. Yeah, and I think I think the Panamera is borderline here. It's not really a sports car, but it's quite sporty. I'll go with Panamera. I like Panamera on that. Q, there's only one. Okay. The 1985 Audi Quattro. I had the Quattro as well. That's all there is. I think Q60 might blur the line, but the Quattro really just does says I I own Q, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so too. So for R, I had the Koenigsegg Regera, Mm -hmm. the Lamborghini Reventon. Yeah, good point. Excellent. Plymouth Roadrunner. 
There you go. That's good. That's really good. And I also broke my rule with the Peugeot RCZR. Yeah. The reason this is on there is because it is a 1.6 liter with 270 horsepower. That's really impressive. And I you're think a it big fan of the craziness of that car. I am a big I fan. I did. Of course, I, my rule hasn't been as stringent as yours, but I did put R8 here and RX8 here. Okay. Those are good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. S is... Enormous. S is like the rest of the podcast. We have to pare this down a little bit. Okay, S2000, go. TVR Cigaris, one of my all-time That's favorite a good crazy one. cars. The Cigaris just haunts me. And the Senna. The Senna. Oh, the Senna. How about the Supra? Yes. Or the Stratos, the uh-huh. Launch Stratos. They're all, they're all hit. There's a lot. S is popular for Skyline, car names. Skyline, the Caterham 7, spelled mm, out. Yeah. The Solstice, Pontiac Solstice. Yes. And then uh, there's the Mitsubishi Sterion from the 80s. Yeah. And the Ford Sierra RS Cosworth, also known as the Mercure XR4 Ti. All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. It's yeah. lengthy. All right. T. I don't want to think you're close to done either, but yeah. If you're putting the Panamera on the list for P, I'm putting the Taycan on the list for T. I had the Testarossa, but I'll give you Taycan. If the Panamera's on, the Taycan can go on. Yeah, Testarossa. And then the Sunbeam Tiger. Yeah. Kind of sporty Yeah, yeah, for sure. Eagle Talon. Yeah, okay, sure. Will you yeah, give me that one? Talent, absolutely, yeah. And the Ford the Thunderbird. on there, of yeah. course. And the Thunderbird, yeah. That's I mean, good. that's Excellent. it's yeah. you know questionable as far as the sportiness, but hey, people had fun it, with that car. Yes, for sure, but in certain generations. I, I totally see that, yeah. All right, there's only one that I had for you. There's only one that I could think of. Eurus? <laughs> well, not a sports car. It's not, not a, sports a sports car, car, so I left it off. Yeah, I agree. But it's also Lamborghini, the 1972 to 1979 Uraco. Lamborghini wow. Uraco. okay. I right. think it's Yurako, something like uh, that. I'll, I'm I'll probably butchering and, that name. Yeah, sit here and be ignorant, yeah. V was pretty fun. There's quite a few for V. I'm, I'm leading with Veloster because of the Hyundai Veloster N. Okay, Love sure. that car. Yeah, yeah. Vantage, <laughs> Viper, and VX220, which is the Vauxhall version of the Lotus. Oh, that's good. You got to include the Veyron in there too, though. Yeah, yeah, fair point. That's yeah. on the list at the high end. W I had a hard time with, and this is very questionable. But I'm going with it. 1952 Hudson Wasp. It's a huge, heavy car. It's not really fun and sporty, Sports but car, really? it isn't an SUV or a truck. Well, okay. So it, right. it's it's the Wasp for W. <laughs> and then with X, the weird Citroens do not count. The, the Xara and the Xantia, they're not sports cars either. <laughs> they don't count. So I had nothing for X. Uh, w, X, and Y were blank for me. I had to run all the way to Z. And? Uh, Z3, Z4, and Zonda. Zonda was on my list, yeah. yeah. I, I left, of course, the alphanumerics off. Ha, have, have, have we helped the car world by doing this? I'm not sure if we have. <laughs> it, was list, it was list fun, but I'm not sure we helped anybody. For sure. You might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. Summer's here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. I know that leather seat seemed like a great idea at the time until you scalded your legs. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car, and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I'm telling you, I swear by them. These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. It dawns on me we're going to get letters for letters about the letters is what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. People are going to write us and go, you forgot the file. We're going to get inundated I'm sure. I'm in sure. multi-scroll emails about what we missed. Uh, but thank you guys for joining us for the second part of the podcast, but also for the first part where we're, just, we're listing off sports cars by letter. I I now I don't know if this is a shopping list or what this is. We now have actually a car debate to do though. This is for Marco writing in. He likes rear wheel drive hatches. If you've thought about the market for roughly thirty seconds, there's not a lot of the rear wheel drive hatches. So this <laughs> sure is gonna be fun. That. 
All right. Well, Marco writes to us, currently driving a 2010 Honda Fit, and he says it's the base model. Great for hauling stuff, very dependable, but very much an appliance car. We agree. He really needs the storage capacity of the hatch, but would love to get something fun to drive. He says, okay. yes, obviously, the answer is GTI or Mazda 3, both of which he's considered. But he says he'd really love something older and more analog okay. and maybe yeah. rear-wheel drive. The rear-wheel drive hatch that we should have is the prior generation BMW 1 Series. The yes. five- or three-door hatch that's rear-wheel yes. drive looks great, should have come to America. <clears throat> Don't have it. Not allowed having that, yeah. He loves working on anything mechanically, says he's very much intending to do as much of the maintenance as he can do on the car himself. Okay. And he's narrowed his choices to just one car. So this could be just validation, whether we agree or disagree mm-hmm. with this yeah, car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a BMW 318Ti. It's the Manx Cat of BMW sure. 3 Series. <laughs> the BMW Manx. It would go with him. Yeah, the BMW Manx. <laughs> it's a hatch. Uh, we almost had, it says a lemons car. <laughs> we did until oh the Dale, who runs the team, promptly lost the keys and the the, the circle. We'll, we'll never stop teasing you, Dale. But but here, but honestly, the thing I loved about this, that loved about the story, I have to side note here real quick because it's my my personal connection to the three eighteen, except a girl I knew in high school that I really liked that drove one. So, separate thing. The, the the other thing about the three eighteen, <laughs> funny the, the it is it is how that is connected. All of them are car memories. Great, but they lost the keys. Okay, they went to the BMW dealer uh-huh. to get new keys. Okay, but the BMW dealer needed to see that they had registered the vehicle in their own name in order to give them keys. But it was a car they bought for Lemon, so they were never going to register it. And it was also already torn down enough to no longer be street legal. So you (laughs) see the complete spiral of this discussion. We own the car because we bought it, and that's why we were working on it as Lemon's car. We don't have the keys. Now we lost the keys. But the DMV now won't register it, and the dealer won't give them keys without registering. So they were just in this circle, and as a result, the car became paperweight. I'm wondering if they'll find the keys someday and be like, oh, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> What's going to happen is they're going to get rid of the car if they haven't already. They're going to cube the car uh-huh. and then find the keys. And then they will promptly be enshrined in a shadow box with a plaque and <laughs> goes on your wall. I mean, like velvet background and the story <laughs> and the photo of the car. Yes. And here's the keys. Here's the reason we no longer drive this uh-huh. car. Okay, sorry. 318 hatch. All right. So Marco says that he's got this car, the 318 Ti, on his mind. 318 yeah, four-cylinder. Yeah. says it won't kill me on gas. And he says, it appears the parts are plentiful and not expensive. It appears that way. Then, you know, welcome to the ocean of reality. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) It is cold in there. (laughs) The problem is, he says, they never sold really that well. It's hard to find good examples. And some that were, you know, most were originally bought at auctions. But Mm -hmm. then, you know, they've got the troubling Carfax reports. And even single owner cars have 170,000 to 250,000 miles. Mm. So the questions to us are, first, is a high-mileage car like the 318 Ti a good idea or totally bonkers? You know, given that the engines are fairly simple, easy to fix. It or, is an earlier time, yeah, easier to fix time for sure. Otherwise, what do we have as ideas for him to go for a good-looking, fun-to-drive hatch or fastback that will give him analog feel and still be able to haul stuff? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then furthermore, he says, I love the 80s, you know, boxy look to hatchback. So anything 80s would be cool. It just seems hard to find anything with the rear-wheel drive as well. And then a PS. At the end of the email, he says he actually just used the term beaver teeth in a sentence when his wife and he saw a new BMW. (laughs) Love it. It's going to make its way through the lexicon of car enthusiasts, and it will reach BMW's ears if it hasn't already. Let's hope so. And it will prevent them. That that word alone will prevent them. Like, yeah, you're right. You know what? We should not go down that road. I would love to think we're that influential. This would be the one type of I'd love to think. Let's be influential card. I don't think so. Yeah, Yeah. Anyway, so there's that. I do have to bring up an obvious choice here, but I just don't know how much space Marco needs. Mm. But if we're looking at the Honda Fit... I'm yeah. just thinking about the exterior. Now, granted, the Honda Fit is a magic trick. There is much more space in that car it's than the exterior dimensions ever suggest. It's like a boat. There's nooks and crannies everywhere. It's, it's, it's really insane. And Honda does that really well in their whole lineup. But the Fit is a total example. But that's not really very big exterior-wise. So thinking about the exterior size of it, I go to, you want a fun hatch, you go Fiesta ST. Okay. But – okay. I don't know how much space he really needs because the interior space of the Fiesta ST is not going to rival his fit. So I'm no. wondering when he'd be bigger than that, and I have other options. But I wanted to go there first because I feel like that's an obvious one to at least mention. If you're t- shopping for fun in hatch shape, cheap, 
Fiesta ST. That's true. And by the way, you've probably noticed we do not have a budget from Marco. We're guessing. Not, yes. And at a used 318 Ti, you can probably guess it's not super high, but Fiesta STs have dropped off the cliff. Yeah. Well, so he they're inexpensive. One. He could get one, yeah. Under 10, you think? I mean, uh, I found around, that one, that $7,800 yeah, salvage that title a, yeah. one, and freaked everybody out because, yeah. you know, meant everybody was suddenly underwater on their Fiesta ST. So, sorry. <laughs> I mean, sorry about that. 10 again. is a fair average Still, at this point for early ones. I mean, you can, get be under 10. you can get them, yeah. All right. So, I'm going all 80s. Oh, wow. Okay, good. For the most part. I, I did touch, well, I guess it's early 2000s. Late 90s, we'll say, but I'm starting with the Mark II Volkswagen Golf GTI. Okay. Cool car. Not a great car to drive, but cool car. They're they're cool. They're yeah, just, you yeah. know, like they scream Radwood all day long, right? I can't just, believe we're now in a world where people are shopping for Radwood. We're shopping nostalgia. And it's, it's so bad that you and I every now and then are like, oh, we should get that for Redwood. It's, it's, we haven't even ever been, and we're still thinking about that. This is the car disease at its full, full, fullest version, yes. Marco, I do have your car, but I, I'm working my way there. I'm starting okay, with Mark II Golf good, just because it's a cool car. Well, I guess I had the Matchbox as a kid, so I, I really like that Okay, car. all right. But how about a Mazda 323 Turbo? It's a four-wheel Good. drive. Yeah, interesting. Okay. If you can find one. Another car that is in the if-you-can-find-one category that would be unique, you might have trouble finding parts, that is the 1986 or 1987 Dodge Omni GLHS. Yeah, there you go. That's nostalgia, but a surprising hot hatch. Okay. It is cool. It's just parts and availability, and if you can find one that's not beat it's, to death. That's a Shelby car, right? It's a Shelby car, yeah. and the GLHS moniker stood for Goes Like Hell S'more. That's actually what it stood for. <laughs> We've had a couple people write into the show that have had those that have loved them. Yeah. If you can find one. Yeah. I thought about E36 BMW M3s. Rear-wheel drive, yeah. older BMW, yeah. cheap, but they're not the hatch. They're not hatches, yeah. So, Marco, how about the shoe, the BMW Z3 Coupe? That's absolutely on my list. That is the box. It's a more mm-hmm. modern car. Yep. You can still find them, relatively speaking, but they're not going to be super inexpensive. They might be pushing 20 but Maybe you see, more? what you don't want is the M car version. So you're going to no, have more exactly. options, and they're going to be easier to find. You can get, I think, the three liter without it being an M car that is genuinely fast and fun without being the the M tax, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have that on my list as well. Do you? That's I mean, excellent. I'm I'm stopping right there. It's the shoe, the yep. coupe, very unique, very Z3 cool Cloud to drive. I think that's excellent. And if you can find a good one, hang on to it and drive it forever. I think that's really good. That's very strong. I had that on my list, as you can tell. I have two others okay. in two different price points. One in the used range, dealing with around ten grand. You you drove the Mazda three, didn't like it. Drive the older Mazda Speed three. Oh yeah, that's a rodeo right Six there. Speed. <laughs> it's a that's four like wheel rodeo. Cool rodeo. Yeah. It just tries it's, to jerk the. It's very yeah, very fun to drive. It's cool. Very well set up. I wish they'd do another Mazda Speed. Uh, Three series, they uh, they haven't done it, but yeah. the Mazda three as a, as a Mazda Speed three would be great. But go back and shop the Mazda Speed three. The problem is some of those have been tuned into oblivion. See if you can find a stock one. That car will run, and it is very very fun. So I think about that one. And then if I don't I don't know, you haven't said budget, so I don't know. But I am going to say if we're shopping hatch mm. and you want fun, Veloster in. I like it. Like thirty it. grand, granted, thirty grand may be way above your budget. It you could may be, be dealing it could 10, be, yeah. but thirty grand for one of those is really—it's kind of a rivals everything. That's a really, really good hatch. I hear you on the Z3 clown shoe. I had it as well. I think that may be one and done. That is just—it it fits a niche, and when it when it fits, it's perfect. But for most people, it is not the right car. That's why it's so rare and has not lasted. But, Marco, let us know what you get. Really appreciate it. If you got your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website. As I say, everydaydriver.com. Top right corner under the About tab, there's a contact button. You can send your email yep. right there. And many of you do and have even for subsequent all. debates. We read them all. We do. Yeah, it's, it's great. Crazy. Jump into questions, many of them. We will get to as many of them as we can for this podcast and then continue for the next one. Jumping in on Instagram from AlexHCO9 says his dad lent him his 96 Corvette convertible automatic at the beginning of the summer. Yeah. And he's driven it six times since July. In other words, that's low. (laughs) Like, I expected to drive this all the time and now I keep looking at it and going, eh. Enough to count the the number of times you've driven it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he dislike the act of driving, or he says, do I dislike this particular car? 
He used to have a 2013 Focus ST, and he loved it. Mm-hmm. Well, you did come out of a manual, and you're coming out of a turbocharged, hotness, buzzy, fun car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the automatic in that 96 is not tuned the way. It's not a crisp, crispity, you know, snapping off shifts kind of thing. And think about that convertible. It was designed to be more of a GT cruise. We're just cruising. Mm -hmm. And the whole point is to cruise. The the car that you've come out of has actually kind of, you know, been like brushing your teeth after eating Cheese Whiz or something. Like, whoa, the flavors do not match. They do not combine. (laughs) The 96 Corvette convertible is not anything I would hold up on a pedestal as sports car. It's Good to drive. GT car. I do that. Yeah. Easy going. Let's just, you place, I'll finish. The important thing is <laughs> your health. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. We'll just, yeah. we'll just cruise. I think that's why, and I can understand you're wanting more spice. I mean, it's got an engine. It's got a V8 in it. It's got yeah. you know, yeah, a yeah. lot of power. Yeah. But I think the, the dynamics of what we're used to out of modern cars mm-hmm. to keep up with it as far as suspension, and you want it to be up on its toes. Yeah. And that car is not. It's very relaxed and comparatively. You're right. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's. I think that's car related. I don't think that speaks to you as a car enthusiast. I, I agree. And here's the thing: you and I drive all kinds of things, and mm-hmm. we're amazed how many times we'll get into something that has sporty intentions. And we're just like, you know, not really sporty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that when you go in with those expectations, I feel like the drop is precipitous. Yeah. If if you find something that doesn't feel sporty, and you came in, if you conversely, you get into something that's a random economy car, and it feels sporty, you're like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> This is this is one of the yeah, reasons the Fiesta right. ST is such a victory because you go it is, it a is. Fiesta. I don't care if it's but a Fiesta, and then you're like, this is a riot. Exactly. Okay. Right. But right. you get into something that's supposed to be sporty, and then it's not. That's a big fall. Yeah. So that, yeah. I can totally see how you wound up there. There. Oh man, the questions. We already answered the SEMA question, so that's one's been covered. You know what? Fifteen thousand dollar German daily slash beater from Jay Doherty. Oh, okay. Says nine nine six base or E forty six M three. Those are phenomenal Ooh. old German cars, $15,000. I may say something that some of you don't agree with, but I really am going to stand on this. I know that the 996 Porsche has the IMS thing, but I bet you, Jay Doherty, I bet you that it will be cheaper to run in the long run. Hmm. A $15,000 E46 hmm. M3 says to me, I need stuff. Now, the 996 will need stuff too, but I mean – I've heard of guys, Zach Clapman over at uh, Smoking Tire is a great example of a guy that he bought a he bought a really good one, what he thought was a really good one, and proceeded to put a ton of money into it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And it's, you know, loves consumables and this kind of thing. Now, Chance, that works for this show, of course, and you mm-hmm. guys have heard him a million times, mm-hmm. he bought a 996 for fifteen grand, and he's put some stuff into it. But he hasn't gone nuts. That's what's interesting. He's put stuff into it, but most of it has been like wear items, suspension pieces, Brakes, tires, bit unexpected in that sense. But yeah. but it but it hasn't been crazy, and and he also bought one by the way with nearly one hundred and fifty thousand miles on it. The IMS had never been done, so he intends to just keep driving it because at this point it's kind of past the danger zone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I actually think that a fifteen thousand dollars nine nine six nine eleven is more likely to run at a at less cost than a fifteen thousand dollars E forty six M three. Hmm. Love it. All right, Bradley J. Nineteen eighty three says Nissan, all capital letters, blank canvas Z car. What would we design and engineer? Hmm. Well, as you know, it's you know a long gestation process from concept to working out you know through a design brief, but ultimately it would definitely be a super competitor. It would hmm. be you know hmm. I think very yeah, much an be. evolution. You know, stylistically, I think it needs to break new ground. I think Nissan is very stuck. I think. I, I think they've tried to tweak their design language a little bit, you know, with, with the front and rear clips, with the mm-hmm. headlights and taillights and, you know, put the just little fussy details on there. I think a, a new rethink and I think um, just something classier, not retro, but, you know, clean surfaces. It doesn't have to be wild and crazy. It doesn't have to go Civic Type R kind of direction, but just something really, you know, stands the test of time like the 280 did. It's just clean surfaces, and it's all about the shape first, and mm-hmm. then the details around the car. Well, but you bring that up. I think that one of Nissan's problems design-wise right now is that everything has got, like, horns on it. 
Lights have got horns. Yeah, mirrors have got it's, horns. It's like front, the front faces have got horns. Dame Edna glasses, you know, from the fifties, and it's everything's just kind got of like a little horn fussy. element to it. And I don't think it's that ages well. Yeah. What if you did? And I've, I've beat this horse before. But what if you did something and thought about how the Z thirty two just was timeless because it was shape. It's all about shapes, I think, and just yeah. really nail that shape, and then be very, very sparing in details. That'd be cool. I mean, it's also almost as if you went. You know, there's a lot of guys, myself included, that want to design cars that never existed that fit into, like, the 60s. Like, mm-hmm. 60s Ferraris with the cycle fenders and, you know, beautiful flowing sure. shapes. That, sure, yeah, You know, yeah. you think about yeah, yeah. how it would have been made on an English wheel and shaped and hammered and that kind mm, of thing. But point. it's cars that never existed. So it looks as if, oh, well, that was a model. No, that never existed. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. So that sort of thinking okay. applied in a modern way. Again, not a retro shape, but just... Clean, beautiful surfaces, all about shape, with just a few details, and push that forward. And again, at a hybrid technology standpoint, I don't feel like the interaction between you know hybrid and gas is fast enough for enthusiasts. I don't mm. think it the interaction is immediate enough for what okay. a hot car needs to be. It might change. I hope it changes in the future. And you know the the two technologies can coexist you know maybe it's maybe it's a full electric but at this point i don't see it being that way mm-hmm. so you know definitely something that competes in that arena small lightweight and think about the market that it needs to serve of course drifting and mm-hmm. you know racing at all levels and you know all th- all that stuff i think they have two options i think the obvious is where you are and that is go with the supra i think the the oddball choice though would be undercut and chase the 86 chassis Maybe something in between then, you know, I think because you they, want amenities, you want it yeah. to be at a price point where it seemed like, wow, then this you'd is be a like Mustang, car. you know, 35 grand Maybe kind of Mustang, so. mid Camaro kind of thing. Who knows? It's interesting. Maybe so. It'd be driven very much by styling because it's got to appeal it's got emotionally to. It's got to. at yes. that level, yes. at that sports car buy to bring buyers back into, hey, we didn't forget you. Yeah. Remember, you know, yeah, we yeah. do good stuff. It's got to be very much about the styling, I think. Petrolhead80 on Instagram has asked a question that I could go for the next 20 minutes trying to explain this to you, but I'm going to try to be brief. Mm. Would we do a pilgrimage trip to another place than Ringer Spot? And I bring this up because yeah. – and I'm – I hesitate to be public about it, but I'm going to because clearly all of you are listening. (laughs) We have talked before about trying to do a trip in the spring to essentially the south of Spain Mm -hmm. with our friends at RSR, Portimao, which is the southern tip of Portugal, and Ascari, which is a private racetrack in central Spain. Yes. And we've talked before about building this trip out as a spouse-friendly trip where you can play a little more tourist, but you also get drive time. RSR is actually doing this trip in April of 2020. We are currently behind the scenes building out our version of the trip that lays on top of their version. Because what they essentially do is they rent the tracks. They bring the cars. Yeah, it's just scene. that. That's all they've done. It's bare bones So we're building sense. it out yeah. with tourist days and track days and nice hotels and road tour and the whole thing. It is also, by the way, two days on each track. So it's twice as much driving as our pilgrimage trip. So let's be honest. It's probably going to be about twice as expensive as our pilgrimage trip. It's going to be expensive. It will but, be. Yeah. But it is very spouse friendly, which normal pilgrimage kind of isn't. Because if you aren't on the track or you don't want to be on the track, there's really nothing to do. Right, right. So this is, this is going to be sure. gorgeous in that regard. And you could not go to the track and have a perfectly wonderful vacation. So that's happening. Here's why I say this to, you, to all of you. If you're interested in a trip of that level, and we know that's very selective, Email us because we're building out that list of people that are interested and we're building out the entire itinerary. We're going to start sending that out soon because we're not Mm -hmm. sure who wants to go. But if you want to go, you have to tell us soon. So, yes, we want to do that. It's going to be fully officially announced very soon. Yes. But the reason I bring it up is because for Paul and I, we're looking at this at 2020, uh, Petrolhead. We're looking at this as something that we're going to do to at least scout it out. But we'd like to take people with us. We'll see if we can make it a recurring thing. We'd love to do a lot of these trips. But let's be honest. You fly overseas. You rent cars for a full track day. There's (laughs) no way to do that cheap. And that's the bummer. Yeah, for sure. More questions on here. I love it. All right. I'm getting to Fred P's question on Facebook. Do we plan on testing comparison, comparing basic manual transmission cars? For example, the new Corolla with the six-speed versus others, or is that car too bland? I will admit, no, it's not too bland because of the amount of fun, the engagement that is manual transmissions mm-hmm. that we all love. But sometimes it's 
difficult to wrangle all the press cars that are just you know manual transmissions. Very difficult. Yeah. Get all those lined up. Sometimes we don't have a choice as to what we get. The car might be in the fleet. Mm-hmm. We get what we get. We don't have the the option of choosing that. So it's it's kind of tough in that sense. But it's it's also tough to just compare cars based on just the feel of the manual transmission. It plays into whether we would buy it or not, whether yeah. we'd recommend it or not, for sure. But it, it's part of the you know bigger picture too. It's not just, all right, buy this car only because it's got the best transmission ever. It's going to have the most fun, but it lets you down in this, 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 and you know, this area is sure. It's sure. tough to make a comparison like that. Plus you're right that manufacturers generally never have base models ever. I mean, like the, the, trying to get a Genesis G70 yeah. in the two liter manual transmission is like calling up a manufacturer and saying, will you please send me your unicorn? I mean, they just yeah, don't want to do it. So that's also much for harder sure. for sure. Let's see. Hunter Brooks on in uh, on Facebook said, "Should he buy the BMW 135i? He's been <laughs> I eyeing, saw this. in spite of the fact that uh, it's about to snow here in Utah. Apparently, you're local. Or should he buy the untuned STI hatch that he's secretly always wanted? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I found an, a non-tuned, a stock STI hatchback that'll be the greatest winter car ever, and it's about to be winter. I see that." The 135i, I think, is going to be more fun more of the time. Mm-hmm. The STI is going to be bomb-proof all winter, but I think when fun is here, you're going to like that 135i better. Uh, the 135i with the rear-wheel drive and snow tires, happy man. Especially yeah, if you're in sure, the Salt Lake Valley sure. versus Park City, that gets just enough snow to make it fun, but not enough snow that you're really, really wishing you must have all-wheel drive. So I think, yeah, I think the 135 is more fun more of the time. Yeah, for sure. All right, Drew McFarlane on Facebook asking, maybe a top of Tuesday and maybe too soon, but he says, what steps should one take after repairs to minimize your depreciation hit? He's hesitant to get some dings repaired before a sale. I can't tell if that's a sale before you buy a car or you're selling he a car. He's thinking about selling something, but doesn't know he should fix selling the dings something. in it first. Yeah. Drew, I guess you're going to have to ask yourself, if you were the buyer coming in and you had a critical eye that you do, Yeah. what would you want to see? If the owner told you, you know what, I went to some, some expense here and I got you know this taken out, I got that buffed, I got some paint correction done, I, got, you know, I wanted this yeah. to be presentable. Now... It depends on the year of the car mm-hmm. and what it is. And, you know, I sure polished off this, you know, old Ford Escort. What do you think? You know, you can't do that, obviously. <laughs> but if you think it's going to net you 1000 or $2,000 more as far as presentability, because you know, we all know it's about presentation. Yeah. yeah. If you think it's going to net you that much. But I want you to know that what I did with my prior generation came in. You remember this. Yeah. I bought it from a guy in Oklahoma who didn't really care about it. He just wanted a sports car. Yeah. And yeah, then he yeah. had his fourth kid and needed to sell it. Yep. But clearly somebody in his garage had opened their door right into the door of the Cayman. They had put bags or luggage on top of the roof and it still didn't prevent me from buying it because yeah, it was yeah. good shape. It was fairly new and mm-hmm. low mileage and had been taken care of otherwise mechanically. Yeah. And so I bought it. It was great. No problems. But the front fender had been ding like, you'd open your door pretty hard and mm-hmm. it dented and chipped the paint away into the front right fender. Yeah. I didn't have it repaired in my time and presented it to the next owner as, yeah, it does have that ding. On the other hand, you can get it fixed how you know you want it. Mm, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. You can get it fixed and you'll know that, you know, have the comfort of, okay, here's the damage. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it fixed because still all original. Yeah. <laughs> Hate to say it, but yeah, fair point. It was a bummer, but it it's still all original and it hadn't chipped all the way through to the sheet metal, so there was no rust, mm-hmm, you know, nothing yeah, going yeah, yeah. on. And I told him like, you can get it fixed how you want, you can get it repaired and whatever else you want to do, and I'm I'm willing to knock the price down this much. I still think the car is perfect yeah, and it drives yeah, yeah. great, but you know, okay, there's a bit of road rash and this ding in the front, you know, wheel lip right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I presented it like that, and it, it kind of actually went over well. So something to consider. Okay. Well, and the biggest problem here is, are you going to get even equivalent money out of the car to the money you just spent? Nothing is worse than spending True. money on your car before you sell it, and you don't get the uh, you spent two extra grand True. on it, but it only netted you a thousand. Yeah. Why'd you get it fixed? Yeah. I hate to say it that yeah, way. That's always tough, though. It's it, really it's tough to kind tough of call. figure that out. On uh, on Twitter, we have uh, Josh asking the question of, okay, okay, a used Golf R. 
Is that worth the extra multi-thousand dollar premium over a used GTI? He says, I don't track this car. It's just daily use and occasional spirited background driving. Josh, I'm going to say to you, no. <laughs> get a GTI, especially if you're talking yeah. the current GTI, the, the Mark 7 with the performance pack. Get the Mark 7 performance pack. Put good tires on it, really good tires on it. Put, spend your money there. You'll have every bit of the same amount of fun as the guy in the Golf R. Another question on Twitter from Ronald H., who asks a great one. If the Nürburgring went away tomorrow, hmm. what track would or should be the manufacturer's go-to track for hmm. use in lap time bragging rights? We're not talking just testing. I see. We're yeah. talking about... I did this in this you know, time. Yeah. Because you're right. That's what everybody does, and mm-hmm. that's the, the benchmark mm-hmm. we measured against, and many people without having, having felt the dynamics of what a lap in the ring means... <laughs> Oh, well, that's this time, and so it's that means... It's bragging rights. Yeah. It's like a 0 to 60. Oh, mine's 4.1. Yeah. It's better. Like, yeah. How do you know? <laughs> what speaks to you the most? There's a lot of great tracks on the planet, of course, but you'd need something that's pretty long, yeah. pretty you know, tough as far as an endurance component. Elevation and a, change. You know, a time component, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's not too many. I mean, I'm thinking... There's Suzuka, which is pretty long, but it's still kind of flat, uh, flat-ish. Yeah, There's yeah, Coda, yeah. which is kind of long and has some really good, you know, uphill braking at high speed. That they that had would, to build because it's Texas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Actually, that would Austin, rip a car anyway, in yeah. half. You know, as far as braking is concerned, there's a few tracks around, but you'd need something pretty long. I mean. It'd be tough, I think. It's I. It's such a one of a kind track. I think it'd be really hard to figure. Oh well, we'll just go over here. I I yeah. don't know. That's really difficult. I mean, I I think it'd be, I don't know, a combination of things. To be honest, I think it would splinter. To be honest, I think lap times oh, sure. would splinter, and sure, everybody sure. would start to do their own thing and claim their own victories in a class of one. Yeah, you know, it's you know, and we hear awards. This car got such and such award. We're thinking, well, who else was competing? Like who? Who would you have it up against? You know, you never tell us that. You did yeah. tell us it won an award, but you don't tell us who it beat. I wonder about something like VIR. It's got some similarities in elevation change and length and crazy. VIR is good. Road Atlanta, maybe. You know, um, it's hmm. it's a tough question. I but there like needs it. to be a long endurance component because one lap is long. Yeah, the ring. Right. That's, that's the that's, that's where the it's main in the class issue. By itself. Yeah, I totally see that. I totally see that. Hmm. I'll have to keep thinking about that one, Ronald. Uh, JW310GSR said, uh, foregone conclusion is the conclusion here. The Porsche Cayenne, he wants a fun-to-drive, around $15,000 budget, room for growing family, three-plus, lives in Wisconsin, two medium-large dogs, need to tow, sometimes up to 7,000 pounds. Wow. Yeah, kind of the Porsche Cayenne. Uh, I keep in mind, though, if you're going to tow as much as 7,000 pounds, that's the upper level of the towing capacity of that truck. And my sure. wife and, yeah. and my uh, – it's got 122,000 miles on it. I'm actually looking forward to doing an update on it soon. That one has just run, but we also don't tow with it. Mm-hmm. You tow with it, you're going to wear everything out faster, so keep that in mind if you're shopping Cayenne's. Massive thanks for your questions, guys. We're, again, doing an all-questions podcast while we're in Atlanta, so keep asking, and we will get to a lot of those questions that we have not answered that you guys have already asked, and uh, we'll – We'll keep it going here, but thank you so much. Write to us with your car debates. Drop us a line. Tell us what's going on, and let us know what you bought, too. So we're off to Atlanta, and uh, looking forward to seeing you there if you're maintenance there. Cheers, everyone.